To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service. Without all the drama. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver, and I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Whoa. <laughs> L3! Let's go with the mean man's face. If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. Here they come! Let me give you some advice. We assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. When do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it! Welcome to the Not Watching Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and today I'm joined by... Marcus Hurley. Okay, uh, it's been out a few weeks now, and we've kind of been trying to put it off so that we could get Ian to talk about it, but um, yeah, Solo, uh, a Star Wars story, has come out, and unfortunately uh, Ian couldn't be with us tonight, but um, we're going to soldier on anyway. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think you've seen it yet, have you, Marcus? Unfortunately not. Um, I'm not sure what's happened with that, but... um... Yeah, I don't know. It's not that I don't like it. I just haven't got around to it, and now I'm skint. <laughs> I, think yeah, well, I, put, I think I pumped too much money into the other films that were going around. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I, I know a lot of pe- a lot of other people who, who haven't, who I thought would have by now, hmm. and I think it's fairly indicative of the reception it's had generally. It hasn't like done the business at the yeah. box office, really. Um, a lot of people are kind of mixed on it. I kind of feel it's too soon because we've had Star Wars being a December thing now. Um, I don't know when Rogue One came out, actually. Was that a December? It was, yeah, it was. This yeah. is the first one since it came back that uh, has been in the summer. Yeah. So, um, 
I yeah, think... it's a bit of an anomaly. And I'm also surprised they didn't stick with the Christmas thing uh, because of all the merch that they normally put out. Yeah, uh, exactly. There hasn't, there hasn't been any of that for this film. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I honestly think they were just sort of testing the waters a bit. Also, uh, the fact that they, they kept to their date, even though uh, Deadpool... Uh, released like the week before yeah i think in a way it kind of allowed them to sort of push some of the blame onto that as well as the the overall sort of uh appetite for the movie so i know but i kind of think that sets a weird precedent because will that then affect any more solo stories of no pun intended but um you know will it affect any single story films coming out then like the potential obi-wan kenobi one um the rumoured Yoda one and the rumoured Fett one which they might move on to would that mean that they won't bother with those because they go well we'll just stick with the Christmas big ones and then if we do any other after that we'll probably milk Christmas for the next 10 years after that um <laughs> I don't know you don't know because I, I I would hate for it to to impact potentially other projects just because they chose to market it at a bad time yeah I know um I don't know. I, I still think they're going to do these, uh, like, s- story films, uh, these yeah. one-offs. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers for Solo, um, but there are things in it that might... I thought some people have immediately gone and said, like, oh, well, that's setting it up for a sequel. But I'm not sure it does, really. I, I think that, like, it kind of adds things into the world um, yeah. that might crop up in other films you know they've done a lot of like the thing with the dice you know that that's kind of like come up Hmm. in lots of films even though they look totally different to what they did in the original trilogy apparently Uh, Hmm. but um anyway uh yeah uh, as for the film itself um i i I wasn't disappointed but i wasn't really blown away either um ron howard's done a serviceable job of rescuing this film from uh the guys who were originally tasked with it, uh, Lord and Miller. Uh, but apparently this film has been long in gestation and was actually part of the original pitch when uh, Lucas went to sell Lucasfilm to Disney. Uh, the You know, uh, Kazdan was very uh, up for the idea of revisiting this character. Hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's his script. And in a way, it does kind of make it really authentic, despite the the recasting of the role. Um, You know, I mean, at first I I was a bit uncomfortable with that because he's such an iconic and beloved character. And he looks so different as well a bit. It looks, I mean, he still looks like a rogue, like a sort of, well, scoundrel, I think is the best description of um, Han Solo. But he just kind of looked, they didn't go for someone that looks exactly kind of like him or anything like that, which would have been weird, but I just went with someone who captured the feel of him, which I think is probably a better decision. Because you want someone that's going to be as charismatic and just sort of like, well, you know, and he kind of puts that across in the trailers. So, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Um, To be honest, he doesn't have to do a lot, really. Um, (laughs) Just be Han Solo. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, in a way, I think I think uh, Donald Glover steals the show really uh, as Lando. He's he's really good. But again, doesn't have to do loads. There's, it's quite an ensemble cast, really, um, and there's quite a lot going on. It's quite plot heavy. Uh, there's, you know, there's it, there's a lot of Western tropes in it 
uh, including the, a train heist, which is in the trailer. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's all cool. cool. And there's a lot of cool characters that, you know, like they might revisit in films set earlier. Mm. Tandy Newton's in there. I forget the name of her character, but she's totally badass, um, as she is in Westworld. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, Woody Harrelson's pretty cool as, as, as his sort of mentor. He does that uh, role quite well, doesn't he? he? He usually plays like a dude who's a bit grizzled, has some good comedic lines and... You know, it's kind of a bit like um, it's like he found his niche in Zombie World, Zombie Land, and it's yeah. kind of almost like I don't mind him playing that kind of role because he he plays it so well, and it's kind of like he is the mentor slash dude who's a bit a bit worn, a bit weary, a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he plays sarcastic. it more straight down the line in this film. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like. The, the film suffers a little from having to tick so many boxes, like how does he meet Chewie, the Kessel Run, you know, okay. how did he get the Falcon, all these kinds of kinds of things. Yeah. Um, the Kessel Run itself, I won't lie, I sort of flaked out a bit in, um, I, 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 you know, it, it, I didn't find that the most exciting part of the movie by a long shot. It wasn't um, as good as pod racing. I know it clear no it actually wasn't uh that's one of the bits I don't mind out of the Phantom Menace actually yeah. um but yeah it's it it doesn't really have the kind of breathtaking uh scope of uh, a lot of Star Wars movies but you know it's got Chewie and the Falcon and uh yeah uh Phoebe Waller-Bridge plays like a female droid who's trying to sort of incite some sort of robot uprising that's quite fun quite fun little side plot Cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just think it was okay, and and I feel like the the box office kind of reflects that pretty accurately, mm. to be honest. So a bit kind of like it could have quite easily have been a really awesome Netflix movie that they put out because the quality in a lot of those can be quite phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, if they could reach this sort of level with any kind of live action. Hmm. Uh, show that would be that would be mind blowing. Like yeah. you'd be like, I can't believe this is on TV. I mean, not don't get me wrong. Like I, I I sat down and I had two hours of pretty much you know enjoyable fun at the cinema. Um, but I just I just feel like this is you know a lot of people have said it is probably the least essential of all the Star Wars films. Hmm. In fact, in many ways, it's kind of the opposite the direct opposite of The Last Jedi, which I feel like really pushed the boat out in terms of its storytelling and the message and, and the whole, and, and like took some liberties with uh, a lot of the legacy characters. This one sort of is just so plays it safe. Yeah. Uh, you know, really is kind of, here. if you want st- Star Wars, here's some Star Wars, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just, Served it's just exactly. On a plate. Yeah, sort of. exactly. Almost um, like a massive budget fan film sort of thing. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. It's very pandering, like hmm. uh, to to its audience and and stuff. But yeah, like it was a, it was a couple of weeks ago now, so I am a little bit foggy on it. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know if there's much more to say. If you'd seen <laughs> it yourself, I think we probably could have banged on for quite some well, time. I'm but... sure we'll revisit it when it, when Ian joins us. Um, and we exactly. Could, we can have a little trio circle jerk about Han Solo or whatever <laughs> and then yeah by which time you might have seen it again or something who knows um, yeah maybe but uh, yeah no I, I reckon I reckon so I got the feeling 
the time that they put it out, exactly halfway into the year, that it was all... I mean, the next film's not coming out this year, is it? It's next year. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got like 18 months until the, the, the third part of the, the new yeah. core trilogy. Um, and then we, and then the jury's out, really. I don't, I don't know what's next. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was, I was sort of thinking the other day that, um, that, that Disney might be sort of like a victim of its own success trying to sort of set up a cinematic universe for Star Wars like they've done with Marvel. And, you know, DC have come a cropper with this by trying to do it too quickly. Yeah. And I feel like it might still be a bit too quick for Star Wars. Yeah. I feel like maybe Disney might, uh, like, reassess it and think maybe this is like the kind of film that can only come out once a year. I mean, yeah. they had they were, they ran out of the gate with like a film every year for the past four years. I don't blame them for doing that in the current climate where you've got like three hmm. superhero yeah. movies from a studio a year. You know, like there's probably uh, a su- new superhero movie out every other month, yeah. pretty much. Um, so I don't blame them for, for for wanting to go that way. But I think like if you give like these films a bit of distance between one another, like every once, maybe even two years, I think I think that that might preserve it and uh, you know uh, like reduce the fatigue because I think I think otherwise like that they're really in danger of uh, of of milking it dry. Yeah, you know? I I completely agree. I mean, I think Disney aren't looking at look at they possibly are looking at it the same way, but the problem is. Each Star Wars film is essentially an Avengers film. It's the yeah. event rather than the storytelling leading up to. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, ideally, it should be spaced out as far away <laughs> even as two years apart or two and a half or three years apart, maybe even. Because yeah. the hype of knowing the next film is coming, you would easily wait three years. <laughs> if you knew after <laughs> Force Awakens, episode two was going to be three years, I mean... Uh, episode eight was going to be three years after that you wouldn't go oh my god what are they doing you'd be like i can't wait and the more you yeah. find out you you would sit and happily wait because that's the way it is um i think they haven't realized that the marvel films they're designed and filmed and shot and released like comics they're consumable yeah so you go there and you consume them like a, they're, they're visual comic books which is why i think that they were genius um whereas styles is more like it's an actual cinematic event. <laughs> each yeah, film. Yeah, and that's the trouble because this film just didn't really feel like no. an event. If, and, it felt more like damage fi- control. Sort of like you said, it's yeah. like, oh, people are flinching too much from Star Wars. They want more actual Star Wars that they like. This ticks all the boxes of Star Wars. Quick, release it. Which is probably why they just did it anyway, despite Deadpool being out. Because they thought, well, we need to damage control. Yeah, that's why I really feel like they should hang on to... Uh, that Christmas time slot because by then I think everyone's even though like Marvel is still spacing them out I think by that sort of time of year yeah. uh, people are kind of up for a, a big movie of any kind so yeah yeah it's you end be, the it's year be... with Star Wars that's it it's <laughs> people book yeah, days uh, off work <laughs> yeah that's right and um, yeah roll it into their Christmas holiday like I did last year hmm. uh, but I did have an obscene amount of time off last year <laughs> um, but yeah I I just feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. This year's going to be weird there not being a film like that. I think the closest we've got to that is Poppins this year, uh, mm. which I don't know. 
might be good if you've got a family or something. But... I don't know. Battle Angel, Alita Battle Angel Space for December. Yeah, that there was trailers for that like a year ago though. That's yeah. not going to be like a big release. You know, yeah. that's good. It might be cool It'll... though. It might surprise us all. I'm hoping. Well, yeah. The fact that I keep Maybe. forgetting about it until you remind me though. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, okay. I haven't really got anything more to say about that. Uh, so, yeah, that's Solo. Um, and that's a Solo opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Not Watching Podcast, part of the Not Listening Podcast Network, where you can also find the Not Playing Podcast, where we talk about video games, and the Not Listening Podcast, where you can hear Adam and Co. talk about all kinds of nonsensical nonsense. You can email us at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at or follow us on Twitter at NotWatchingPod. You can find the show notes for all our shows at notlistening.co.uk and if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, see ya! Bye.